The B Rad Podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, mind blowing nut butter blend, Chili Pad, temperature controlled mattress systems, Inside Tracker, blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data all in one, and New Optimal, three nootropic supplements designed to improve focus, memory, and drive. And check out the BradKerns.com shop page, my personal selection of favorite products with great discounts for health, fitness, and peak performance musculoskeletal injuries that keep coming back or keep hanging around, that's uh, very strong indications that you're pushing past that appropriate, that optimal balance and into the chronic overtraining pattern. So the high-intensity repeat training protocol is that you uh, deliver a consistent quality of effort each time you sprint, for example the cultural fascination with the extreme goals that might not line up too well uh, with your average uh, daily life responsibilities. Hey listeners, I discovered an awesome new electrolyte and triple enzyme powdered drink that's going to knock your socks off. It's called Bala Enzyme. And it comes in a convenient little pouch of bright orange powder that you pour into water for the ultimate electrolyte and antioxidant drink. It's simple, convenient, and yes, the orange tint comes from a potent serving of turmeric along with a clean and diverse assortment of enzymes and electrolytes and a perfect taste that's not fake or too sweet. Bala was created by husband and wife doctors to help their patients recover from inflammation, improve hydration, speed up recovery, even relieve joint pain, improve digestion, and boost immunity. I love their incredible devotion to product quality. There's a lot of research behind it. And I just sprinkle this packet into ice water, and it's so easy to stay hydrated because you absolutely enjoy the taste of the drink. Get their convenient little packets. They even designed it with the the tear half-torn so it's easy to open into the water. I love what they think of. And it comes in three exciting flavors, pineapple, lime, and berry. It's so potent, it might stain your fingers if you get it on your fingers. And yes, that's a good thing for a serving of turmeric that's that potent. It's also sugar-free, zero-carb, and promoting of the three R's. Rehydrate, relieve, and revive. Please visit balaenzyme.com, B-A-L-A-E-N-Z-Y-M-E. And of course, there's a special deal for BRAD Podcast listeners. 30% off your first order. Just use the code BRAD30 at balaenzyme.com. Welcome to part two, strategies to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life. So we are trying to thread that needle of maintaining a healthy passion and competitive intensity for compelling fitness athletic goals, but also adjusting and uh, managing the realities of aging with grace and keeping your healthy perspective and having your athletic fitness goals fit uh easily and smoothly into your other lifestyle responsibilities. So in part one, uh, I mentioned that I had a total of 14 different tips and strategies that I want to cover, and we got through four of them. We'll see how many we get on this one. Uh, But just for a quick recap, I hope you go back and listen to part one. Uh, The first one we talked about was cultivating this primal mindset and the importance of putting ourselves into struggle, difficulty, challenge, rather than just 
cruising through modern life, enjoying all the comforts, conveniences, and luxuries. Number two was to develop a healthy competitive intensity with the uh, enjoyment and the appreciation of the process as where the main rewards lie rather than an obsession, an unhealthy obsession with the results, which we often see. Number three was setting goals that support longevity and honoring the epic quote from Olympic gold medalist in triathlon Simon Whitfield, where he said today, now that he's retired from the pro circuit, I am coached by my 80-year-old self. Love that. So make your 80-year-old self happy with your uh, behavior patterns, your training schedule today. And number four was the value of setting long-term big picture intrinsic goals, visualizing them with great clarity. I put the example of uh, John Asaraf with his overpowering goal today of teaching his future grandchildren how to ski. Uh, Peter Atia has his wonderful concept of the Centenarian Olympics, where he has envisioned a bunch of athletic challenges that he would like to complete when he turns 100, and he's training for those right now. And then we get into part two with a bunch more fun tips. And I talked about uh, setting long-term, big-picture, intrinsic goals, item number four. And number five jumps to uh, the value, the benefit of integrating short-term extrinsic goals. Mark Sisson uh, banters about his acronym LGN, and that stands for looking good naked. And everybody gets a chuckle out of that when he delivers that line uh, at a live lecture. Uh, but behind that is a really valuable uh, and worthwhile goal of wanting to look good and feel good in perhaps that superficial level of putting on nice clothes and uh, looking in the mirror and seeing your six pack or maybe posting something on social media with you looking good and people giving you accolades. It's okay, but of course, uh, it blends best and has the best traction when it's combined with the more meaningful, deeper, uh, intrinsic goals. Those are things that uh, motivate you internally. So, so sometimes we reflexively uh, criticize the superficial, the, the extrinsic goals. But look, if you want to be a reliable performer on your adult basketball league team, if you want to make the podium at the next road race or competition you're performing, uh, I oftentimes mention my obsession with sprinting and high jumping. And I'm looking at the, the national rankings all the time and seeing how dudes in the 55 to 59 age group are performing in those events. Now, as I mentioned earlier with the high jump example, my main opponent, of course, is that bar. And I want to clear that bar. Um, look, that is so much more important than what place I get and how I rank amongst the other jumpers. And I talked about supporting each other with the camaraderie that we have in uh, athletic realm and how how it should be there, how you can have mutual support but still be intensely competitive. So it's nice to uh, post in public my results and get accolades and hopefully motivate and inspire people. That's the main purpose I'm doing it. Uh, but I also, when you see me, well, when you don't see me practicing uh, alone in an empty stadium and I clear that bar and I scream like I've just uh, won the Olympic gold medal, it has that type of meaning to me intrinsically where I don't care if there's anyone watching in the stadium or not. Okay, you get how we can beautifully blend the intrinsic goals and the short-term extrinsic goals. Uh, on that note, research cited by uh, Huberman Lab podcast, Dr. Andrew Huberman, the Stanford neuroscientist, uh, suggests that any form of motivation will be effective 
uh, toward achieving short-term goals. So even if it's negative stuff, like you're disgusted with your performance at the last basketball game, and so you're going to shoot more free throws and try to get better and uh, apply this resolve that comes from uh, anger and disgust. Same with uh, people who are fed up uh, with uh, their uh, physique, and they're finally going to turn the corner, and that's it. They're not going to buy any more junk food, and they're going to sign up uh, for a sessions with the personal trainer or the nutrition council. That's fine. Anger, envy, fear, all these things will light up the same dopamine and acetylcholine pathways in the brain to get you to focus, persevere, and achieve challenging goals. Now, uh, for your long-term happiness, enjoyment, psychological well-being, and a positive, enthusiastic, happy mindset is clearly going to have maximum effectiveness. So what you want to do is kind of leverage, if it's anger, frustration, envy, whatever it is, leverage that into a, a lifestyle and behavior patterns that are enjoyable and sustainable and reasonable. And so we can put those two and two together nicely. Uh, hope that makes sense. The graceful blending of the touchy feely, wonderful stuff that sound great coming out of your mouth. And then the other stuff that might be <laughs> on the tip of your tongue, but you're holding your tongue and you're uh, filled with rage and anger because uh, you didn't get as enough enough recognition, uh, unlike the other person. And I can reflect back now on my triathlon days where, you know, I was really caught up and very intense and driven and would uh, get the magazine every month and hope that my picture was in there. But instead I see a picture of someone else, or I find out that someone else is making a better contract from a sponsor than I am. And it would drive me into uh, an internal rage where I was just, you know, completely, uh, consumed with improving my performance uh, to try and get more recognition, uh, get more rewards, all those great things. But at the same time, while I was spewing my anger to my training partners uh, in our group ride while we're killing time riding for hours and hours, I was also enjoying the process every moment of it. Because if you're just consumed by these superficial things, that's going to be uh, entirely unsustainable. So it's the blending of the disparate types of goals and motivations that will really work for you. Uh, anything to get out of the gate, though. So that was number five, integrate short-term extrinsic goals. Number six is to uh, carefully set age and lifestyle appropriate goals. And you've heard me uh, criticize the glorification of these marquee athletic events driven so strongly by marketing forces. So we have the marathon for runners. We have the Ironman triathlon for uh, the triathlon scene. Uh, we have the CrossFit games for people that participate in CrossFit at the recreational level. And the glorification of these events has uh, oftentimes created a distorted mentality among the recreational participants. So we've been uh, conditioned to believe that the Ironman triathlon represents the ultimate accomplishment in the sport because we watch these incredible TV shows and we look at the featured athletes persevering over all these challenges and being celebrated. Uh, everyone gets to watch them and hear the interviews and, and watch the pros compete at the highest level over this incredibly daunting challenge. And so then we get inspired and say, I want to do that myself. But uh, if we reflect for a moment and try to put things into perspective of our own lifestyle, uh, the Ironman is 
vastly too difficult of an event to properly train for, for a person with a normal everyday life. For the pros, that's great. It represents, you know, the highest level of professional competition. And those guys are well prepared to race their butts off for eight hours straight in the hot sun and perform amazing achievements. But for most of us, what about, and making this argument, I'm sorry, very strongly, but uh, couldn't a sprint distance triathlon and actually excelling at that to your level of potential, couldn't that be uh, equally regarded as equally impressive and fantastic that you can go out there to your local community event where maybe you're swimming for 500 meters, you're bicycle riding for uh, 20K, that's 12.4 miles. Maybe you're running for 5K, that's three miles, but you're actually competent at each event and you've worked hard and you've received swim lessons and you're integrating improved stroke technique and now you're pedaling uh, more strongly on the bicycle because you've followed the training protocol and you've practiced getting off the bike and running uh, right out of the transition area into your wonderful stride for 5k uh, that is an equally impressive athletic accomplishment for doing something with great competency and if we're talking about promoting longevity setting age and lifestyle appropriate goals oh my gosh this long distance stuff has nothing to do with longevity and it's probably arguably way more valuable your strength power explosiveness in high intensity efforts uh, reference the wonderful study that I talk about a lot from the Cooper Institute and Texas A&M, where they discovered that one's time in the mile run at age 50, uh, having a competent or an excellent time per their standards at age 50, doubles your chances of living to age 85 and having a crappy time being unable to perform at basic competency for the mile run at age 50 uh, puts you into the high-risk category uh, for disease and demise. So a mile's not very far, even for someone who's slow. And you could uh, put that in comparison to these extremely long endurance events that are over-glorified. So maybe you should consider training for the mile as the ultimate expression of both your uh, power, endurance, and a blended, competent, well-rounded athlete aging gracefully and just for reference uh the outstanding category was eight minutes and under for males nine minutes and under for females and the extreme needs to improve uh, failing grade uh, at age 50 if you can't bust out a 12 minute mile male 13 minute mile female uh, we have to do some examination of your fitness competency and that is so compelling to reduce it down to something so basic as improving your time in the mile rather than feeling obligated to do an assortment of different fitness activities. But we're going back to that primal blueprint fitness example of uh, covering the big ones, which is sprinting once in a while, putting your body under regular resistance load with strength training, resistance training, and of course, engaging in a sufficient amount of general everyday movement and low level cardiovascular exercise. Hey ladies, you may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function. And maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for her. 
As with the male Gaines Wave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gaines Wave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits. You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhanced pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. You visit the website gainswave.com g a i n s w a v e.com/brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, so please visit gainswave.com/brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner buy six treatments and get one free i want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with mito red light mito like mitochondria red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices i stand in front of my mito pro 1500 unit every morning carefully exposing my eyeballs other important balls and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near for red light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, "Does this stuff really work?" And the answer is yes, and there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation where specific wavelengths of red and near infrared light red's visible near infrared is not visible that's why it looks like only half of your panels working these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase atp production the The benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment. because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, first thing in the morning as soon as i wake up i walk across the hall i stand in front of the panels and i feel instantly awake and energized and believe me there's a lot of days where mr health guy here wakes up feeling a little groggy and a little whiny like i don't want to right get up now and get into my morning exercise routine but when i stand in front of the lights in one minute i swear i feel wide awake i get all that grogginess out naturally it's super powerful super effective besides all the healing and the cellular benefits I also love it for being a natural wake-up machine. You have to try red light therapy. I am certain that you will become a devoted user. And guess what? Mito Red Light offers a 60-day no-risk trial period. 
and a special 5% discount for B-Rad podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight, M-I-T-O, redlight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. So, uh, number six, set age and lifestyle appropriate goals. And hey, guess what? If you're in the gray hair demographic, you might want to... Uh, step aside from uh, the cultural forces and the influences and reconsider what might be the optimal amount of workout energy expenditure for you to promote both fitness and longevity. So if you're going to an hour-long boot camp class several days a week or an indoor cycling class that's 40 minutes, 45 minutes, CrossFit class, same thing, maybe, just maybe, uh, depending on your age group, it might be really nice to turn the dial down at the two-thirds mark or the halfway mark, cool down, and get out of there. And I think an extremely effective coach would be uh, more attuned and more sensitive to the needs, the disparate needs of folks participating in the same group workout. So the hot shots in the front row or the back row, wherever they are, uh, they can push themselves further and further, come back the next day, do it again. Uh, but not so if you're trying to balance your longevity goals with your fitness goals. Okay, so that's number six. And number seven is track your progress. Journaling and performing regular fitness assessments, extremely valuable. And these things become increasingly important as you age because we want to be extremely vigilant for any sign of decline or regression in fitness or injury patterns, breakdown patterns, burnout patterns. Um, this can include getting uh, minor respiratory infections frequently, uh, suffering from nagging, autoimmune or inflammatory conditions, uh, musculoskeletal injuries that keep coming back or keep hanging around. That's uh, very strong indications that you're pushing past that appropriate, that optimal balance and into the chronic overtraining pattern. So um, keeping you honest, man, those fitness assessments, the clock doesn't lie or the plates on the bar, uh, the math test is so widely promoted and recommended uh, for measuring your improvements in aerobic conditioning and general cardiovascular health for that matter. Uh, you've heard me talk about that many times and it basically entails measuring your performance while maintaining a fixed heart rate equivalent to 180 minus your age in beats per minute. And so you pick the same course that you're going to repeat over and over in your favorite event. If it's running, easy, simple example is heading over to the running track and running eight laps, jogging eight laps, whatever it is to maintain as close as possible to 140 beats per minute heart rate if you're 40 years old, right? 180 minus 40 equals 40. If you're 50, you're going to hit 130 and so on. So you have your math, your personal MAF math heart rate, and then you start the watch and complete the same course. If you're a cyclist, perhaps it's cycling from the bottom of the hill to the top or to a landmark. And every time you go out, you perform the same test. Of course, you can perform an identical test on indoor calibrated exercise equipment. So if you're going to row for six minutes, 10 minutes at a heart rate of 140, you can see what distance you cover and so forth. So just that important uh, aspect of consistency with the test and then you track your results over time and if you're training well and getting in shape you should have a better and better performance uh, but the main thing here is to uh, continually track that progress and the same goes for 
uh, once in a while, giving yourself uh, an all-out maximum effort and see where you stand with that mile run or that 400-meter time or your single set of pull-ups to failure or whatever it is that means a lot to you and something that you can track. Okay, so that's number seven, track your progress. Number eight, let's call it fly under the radar. Be conservative with your approach to fitness. And this suggests, with a lot of research to support it, that you can get the majority of your cardiovascular fitness, disease prevention, and peak performance benefits from a very minimal time commitment overall to fitness. And then if you're trying to uh, be a competitor or strive for personal best or pursue more daunting fitness challenges, of course, uh, more training is going to be appropriate and beneficial. Uh, However, for most of us, just hitting those basics, checking those boxes, it's the same with diet. If you can just get rid of the junk food, you are so far down the road to success that it's absolutely stunning. You can get 80% of the way there per Dr. Peter Atia just by cutting out processed foods. And with exercise, just by getting your butt off the chair and heading out for a reasonable amount of Uh, low-level cardiovascular exercise and daily movement, and then occasionally uh, pushing some muscles in resistance exercise and occasionally going out there and doing something all out, such as a sprint or a low-impact or no-impact sprint if you're not inclined or not adapted to uh, running sprints. This stuff, when you mix it up, it's a, a very minimal time commitment over the course of a week or a month, and you can get all the way up to good or even exceptional fitness level. And remember that when you go beyond uh, this modest level that's required to get a a B plus or an A minus score, um, you're going for performance goals and possibly uh, bringing a little bit of a risk factor in where you could have the potential to compromise your health and even your longevity, as we've talked about before, with the extreme approach to exercise. Um, Dr. James O'Keefe's research, I've referenced his TED Talk before, it's called Run for Your Life, but not too far and at a slow pace. Uh, he contends, and other researchers as well, that you can get maximum cardiovascular health benefits from exercising at a modest pace for only two and a half hours a week. Beyond that, we're going for cardiovascular fitness, right? Cardiovascular health, cardiovascular fitness, two different things. And that's where um, you can enjoy yourself. It's part of your life. You like doing more than that. That's fantastic. But understanding that the bar is very low to achieve excellent score. Same with strength training. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Who can forget my interview with Dr. Doug McGuff, co-author of the fantastic book Body Body by Science, written with John Little, where he talks about his big five workout that you are directed to perform once a week. It's a single set to failure of five different strength training exercises, major compound exercises that you do on machines uh, for safety. So you don't even have to go over there and wander into the, uh, the free weight area with the bros, but you go and perform a single set to failure of the overhead press, the lat pull down, the leg press, the chest press, and the seated row. And so if you think of one set, uh, you're choosing a weight that hopefully you can get to around 12 reps to achieve failure. That single set, a little bit of rest in between each of the five, and there goes your big five workout. The subtitle on the book contends that this workout only takes about 12 minutes. So in 12 minutes of high-intensity strength training per week, 
remember, he's only recommending that you do this workout once a week because it is quite difficult, especially as you get fit. In one session a week, you can continue, continue, continue to progress with your power and your strength and your performance. And of course, uh, that's not the entire big picture of what it means to be fit. And so if you like playing tennis or you're like training for the next upcoming obstacle course race or have other distinct competitive goals playing basketball in the basketball league you're going to be wanting to get out there uh, more frequently and doing all kinds of different stuff whether it's dribbling drills or shooting or practicing the rope climb for the obstacle course but the foundation of muscular strength can be developed with great success in just a single properly conducted workout per week um, there's a little bit of uh, contention around uh, Dr. McGuff's assertion. In fact, he cites research in his book that going more frequently than that, like trying to perform it twice a week or every five days, uh, delivered inferior results to waiting and resting and allowing the body to recover. And that same research baseline is honored by Dr. John Jaquish and and his X3 bar home training system using uh, resistance resistance straps and doing a very, very short workout that's very difficult, bringing your muscles to complete fatigue. He argues for doing three exercises a day, takes about 10 minutes, and then repeating uh, another three the following day. So you're doing a very minimal time commitment to fitness, but you're getting massively strong and powerful. Uh, he also applies this model to his OsteoStrong program, which is a chain of specialty fitness facilities, uh, definitely targeting the senior population, uh, striving to uh, minimize the the major dangers and the prominent uh, condition of osteoporosis. So in OsteoStrong, you go in there and you perform four basic total body workouts, very safe. You're just pressing against a fixed uh, uh, object. So you're not even having to take your joints through range of motion. You're just pressing or, or pulling at the point of strongest force production. And they have tremendous research showing that a senior population, especially because they have so much upside, can get amazing strength gains throughout their body, the major muscle groups in their body and improve bone density by going and doing the workout once a week. So we're talking about four exercises to complete muscular failure only takes five, 10 seconds under load, then move to the next machine, move to the next machine. My mother is a strong uh, success story so far. She's been going for several months and making strength breakthroughs. And boy, um, to think that it's that simple and takes that little time, there's no excuse for anyone to have a deficiency in their strength training protocol. Just show up there once a week and push yourself hard and go about your busy life. Okay, so... Um, that's this fly under the radar approach where you don't have to go day after day after day to consider yourself a fit person. You just have to sprinkle in uh, an assortment of workouts and be very uh, precise with your protocol. Again, everything's magnified. The mistakes of doing too much are magnified in the older age groups. So the young folks can get away with going back and doing more bench press the next day because their buddy was in town. But we have to be very careful. But at least we have to check those boxes that we're doing it, that we're in a regular strength training protocol. And the same for sprinting. If anyone can get out there uh, and just do a little tiny bit, even tiptoe into the world of sprinting, it will deliver phenomenal results. Uh, and speaking of that, that flows us right into item number nine, which is to perform these high intensity workouts correctly and please honor the protocol uh, best characterized with this high intensity 
repeat training concept that I talked about in such detail on my show with Dr. Craig Marker, who coined that term, high-intensity repeat training, uh, in contrast to the more common acronym of high-intensity interval training. Uh, so with these HIT workouts that are so popular, they often, due to their duration, uh, due to the number of intervals asked for, and due to the insufficiency of the rest period, they often become exhausting and depleting and draining over the course of the workout, right? If you're asked to do 10 sprints of 30 seconds in the spin class and you're only getting 30 seconds rest in between each sprint, guess what? The 8th and ninth and 10th are going to be torture fest because your cumulative fatigue and the burning in your muscles. Now, once in a while, a HIT session uh, designed uh, toward your athletic goals and designed to prompt a breakthrough in fitness, that's wonderful. You got to push yourself once in a while and, and, and go really hard. But in general, when you're going for this explosive workout, you want to have a repeat of extremely high quality performance each time you do a repetition. So the high intensity repeat training protocol is that you uh, deliver a consistent quality of effort each time you sprint, for example. And I often tout this baseline workout, which I think is sufficient and optimal for just about everyone, unless you're training for the Olympics or have extremely specialized uh, running goals. For example, I do happen to have those specialized goals. I want to get good at 400 meter competition. And so I do different workouts and I go for longer duration uh, efforts, maybe taking shorter rest, depending on the type of workout. But the bread and butter sprint session would be four to 10 efforts lasting between 10 and 20 seconds. So these are short sprints in that optimal time window of 10 to 20 seconds where you get maximum fitness benefits with a minimal amount of cellular breakdown. If you try to sprint for longer than 20 seconds, you are going to be uh, risking this disassembling and deamination of the cellular proteins that causes that breakdown, that fatigue, that feeling lousy in the 24, 36, 72 hours after the workout. So there's no need to push yourself to the brink. You just become explosive. You exhibit precise technique and explosive form for an effort lasting between 10 and 20 seconds. If you're running sprints, we're going to go on the low side of that. And if you're doing bicycling or something that's no impact, running upstairs, whatever, you can inch up to the 20 second uh, limit uh, and the range of four to 10, depending on fitness level, depending on your fitness goals. If you're a more explosive power athlete, you don't need to do that many and you don't need to go for that long duration. So let's say a truly explosive athlete might do uh, four times 10 second sprints, really powerful, really fast, whereby someone uh, doing an exercise bike workout can do 10 sprints lasting 20 seconds. The rest interval per Dr. Marker should be, quote, luxurious. That's right. You want to uh, wander around and catch your breath and get refocused and get nice and rested and primed for another explosive effort. So the recommended ratio is around six to one of rest to work ratio. So if you're working for 10 seconds, you're going to rest for a minute in between each of those 10 second sprints. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Hey, this is going to be one of my favorite commercials because I get to introduce you to 
the delicious, nutritious, life-changing Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. This is a mind-blowing nut butter blend that will soon ascend to your number one go-to snack, treat, or accoutrement for anything from dark chocolate, a cucumber celery smear, or mixed in with yogurt, oatmeal, cheesecake, or with a spoon right into your mouth, heading south. Let me, let me, let me tell you what I created in my kitchen through whirlwind experimentation and extreme sampling to my VIP product testing crew across the nation so far with 100% approval. In this beautiful jar, we have macadamia nuts, walnuts, cashews, the rare and precious coconut butter, coconut flakes, cacao nibs, real ancient sea salt, and organic MCT oil. Every single ingredient has been sourced to origin to be the very best we could find from around the world for the absolute highest purity and nutritional value. We run this product in small batches with a boutique family business in the Pacific Northwest, and everything is cold-pressed to preserve nutritional value. So if you like eating healthy, it's a dream come true for all those who are keto, primal, paleo, and vegan vegetarian too. I come in peace, my global healthy living friends. Masterpiece, that is. Try some now, and it will change your life. I promise. If you don't like it, send it back to me. I'll eat it. You can order Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece on Amazon. Simple, simple. Or if you're bold, daring, and adventurous, buy three and get a bottle free at bradventures.com. Buy six and we'll send you eight. Christmas shopping early instead of late at bradventures.com. Check it out. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. Uh. Uh, a lot of accomplished athletes, people familiar with uh, the group exercise where they're doing some really elaborate sessions that are really challenging, will consider this template and go, wow, that's nothing. That's too easy. That's ridiculous. Uh, because again, it's four to 10 times a sprint of 10 to 20 seconds duration with a six to one rest to work ratio. And then you're cool down and you're done. But if you can get good at this, and again, we're trying to progress over time to better performance, not necessarily adding more repetition. So you're doing 12 sprints, you're doing 14 sprints. That's not the intended uh, strategy here. The strategy is to maintain power and explosiveness and improve that over time. So that's the correct way to perform a sprint workout. And same with most of the stuff in the uh, in the gym and the resistance exercise where with the example given you're only doing the single set to failure once a week so you're getting plenty of recovery and then you're going in and delivering an extremely high quality session with good performance markers okay so that's number nine number 10 is avoid this overly stressful hit modality um, this is t the vast majority of mainstream fitness programming. It makes me very sad to report. So uh, congratulations to all the participants in the morning 6 a.m. cycling class or the 7 a.m. boot camp or those who are joining the clubs and doing a, a group workout like a track workout if you're a running club. Um, but by and large, same with the home-based workouts, like your average Peloton workout is uh, ascribing to this mentality where you're pushing and you're struggling and you're suffering and you're experiencing exhaustion and depletion over the course of the workout. A pattern of these types of workouts, doing them too frequently, doing them as your baseline, uh, leads to cravings for carbohydrates. It leads to fatigue problems uh, during the day. And guess what? That's right. It compromises your efforts to reduce excess body fat, which is seemingly uh, an overpowering, a very prominent goal of most people who are 
are out there pushing themselves hard with high intensity workouts. If you exhaust yourself and you exercise in this exhaustion depletion pattern, it is going to trigger the appetite center in your brain to overeat, especially quick energy foods like carbs. And it's also going to mess with your hormones and your immune function when you're in this pattern of overly stressful hit workouts. So uh, we're talking about flying under the radar doesn't mean that you're just goofing around, but you're doing these extremely high quality workouts, but they don't last that long and you quit before you get tired or before you notice a uh, fatigue breakdown. Uh, relatedly, because we have to emphasize this stuff so much, we go into point number 11 and that is don't get sore. Pretty darn simple, right? There's just not any justification for inducing post-exercise muscle soreness in pursuit of broad-based fitness competency and longevity and all those things. Yes, of course, once in a while, maybe more than once in a while, you're going to have soreness that's going to come from uh, trying to perform a breakthrough workout, doing anything new and unfamiliar. Okay, so obviously soreness to be is to be expected if you are going water skiing or you're introducing pull-ups to your uh, exercise routine for the first time in a while, and that's fine. You're going to adapt quickly to those soreness-inducing workouts just because of uh, the unfamiliarity. Same with a a hot yoga class. Oh my goodness, I've never been more sore than doing a couple of those to an extreme nature when I hadn't done yoga in a long time. So uh, aside from that, if you're going out there and performing your regular workout routine and becoming sore over and over and over, this is very likely going to compromise your progress very likely to increase injury risk, uh, especially performing on sore muscles, right? It's Tuesday, I have to go do my sprints, but I'm a little sore here and a little sore there. That's when your joint and your connective tissue uh, absorbs uh, inappropriate load. Your muscles aren't firing optimally. The soreness is your uh, message from the central nervous system that, hey, I still need to rest and repair rather than put more stress on to the body. And so we have to totally respect uh, muscle soreness as a chance to uh, continue our recovery process rather than add more uh, hard work. And then try to design our workouts and learn from experience, unlike your host here on the B-Rad podcast, who uh, will admit to um, frequent bouts of muscle soreness over the past decade or more from my sprint workouts because they were slightly too hard. And I'm finally achieving that uh, psychological and physical breakthrough where I can perform a very ambitious sprint workout and not experience any or very little soreness after and recover more quickly because the workout is uh, better designed and also. So I'm building my fitness over time. So uh, try not to get sore. How's that? Okay. Um, number 12, we want to reframe this concept of consistency that is bantered about as being super important and the most essential part of a successful fitness protocol. Now, consistency is essential on many levels, but what I'm talking about is when we misinterpret the the meaning or the context of this recommendation to the extent that we have a consistent application of a little too much stress to the body uh, in the name of adhering to a schedule or being consistent with our attendance at the gym. So we always have to uh, understand and operate from this 
this philosophy that the body is a living, breathing, dynamic organism that progresses and regresses in an often fractal and unpredictable manner. So that's fine to design a uh, a well formulated training schedule, but you also have to have intuition at work at all times and have intuition be the priority over the rigid schedule that's written on a piece of paper, oftentimes coming from an outside resource such as a coach or an internet site or a book. Okay, so you can have a starting point of a desired uh, optimal training schedule uh, that will keep you consistent and have you improving, uh, maybe adding degree of difficulty in a consistent manner over the 12-week schedule or whatever it is. That's fine to start from there, but we have to always uh, make judgments on the fly and determine whether the intended workout of the day or the intended block of training uh, is still appropriate based on all these different uh, lifestyle factors and subjective uh, notions of fatigue or readiness to train. Okay. So when we have these overtraining signs creeping in, when we have overly stressful lifestyle patterns and uh, indications that we're out of uh, optimal stress rest balance, we have to make uh, oftentimes strong adjustments to the training schedule, including curtailing the workout soon after we started, uh, taking a week off when you intended to take two days off, and just waiting and being patient uh, for the body to progress with fitness on its own schedule. So yeah, get into this sweet spot where you're consistent in certain ways, and then you're adaptable and uh, flexible in other ways. Uh, I'm a strong advocate of establishing a uh, daily baseline of activity and being extremely consistent in living a healthy, active lifestyle. And I tout my morning routine as the best example. Um, I haven't had a major, major illness in five years that I've accumulated the streak, but I've had a couple slight colds. And I remember going through the routine, uh, not feeling great on a couple few occasions, especially the day after, let's say, uh, the track meet when I was high jumping my butt off and running the 400. And there comes the next morning, a little sore, stiff and tired, but I was still able to get through my routine because it's been designed uh, to be at that perfect degree of difficulty where it's not terribly difficult uh, to do every single day. But over time, it's become a pretty impressive sequence of exercises. And I've developed a high capability to be able to get through those every day to do my 23 ab rollouts and my uh, 23 drinking birds on each leg and so forth. So when it comes to uh, pushing yourself and, and going hard and doing one of those breakthrough workouts that I talk about, and that'll be the topic of the next tip, um, you only contemplate those when you feel 100% rested, energized, motivated, and ready to deliver a peak performance. So if there's even the slightest whiff of soreness, stiffness, muscle weakness, you will delay uh, your intended impressive workout until all the systems are go and all the uh, green flags are in place. And don't ever forget that rest is where all your adaptations take place not on the stress side. When you're out there uh, performing a workout, especially a hard workout, you're basically breaking down the body. You're sending all these uh, stress messages to the body, uh, inflammation, oxidative stress, production of free radicals. Um, and then the body goes, wow, that was tough. I'm really beaten up and broken down. Now I need to eat, rest, um, engage in basic activity, recover, and come back stronger. Thank you very much for giving me all that rest so I can do uh, what the in intended 
purpose of the workout was. Okay. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find hey ladies you may have heard me talk about gains wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function and maybe you thought hey what about my needs well gains wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called gains wave for her as with the male Gainswave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels. After a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gainswave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits... You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhance pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. You visit the website gainswave.com, G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment. So please visit gainswave.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. Number 13, yes, push the limits once in a while. So 
Um, we've talked so much about uh, reining it in, being aware for overtraining, chronic exercise patterns, exhausting, depleting workouts, uh, the problem with recurring muscle soreness and all that. Now we're going to open up the uh, throttle and contend that, yes, indeed, uh, once in a while, you want to go out there and um, try for an extreme challenge and major breakthroughs, and you get so much psychological benefit of getting out of your comfort zone of comfortable luxurious convenient modern life and getting raw and putting your toe on the starting line or you know setting a goal and going for it and then the big day comes and you feel a little nervous you got the butterflies you got that tension that appropriate lifestyle tension that comes in once in a while when you're asked to perform and maybe uh the attention is on you the spotlight's on you here we go you're the anchor person on the uh the mile relay team what better place to be in life than with everyone counting on you and the the crowd cheering. And if there's no crowd and you're not uh, on a relay team, but you're by yourself in an empty stadium uh, looking at a high jump bar, it's the same thing. It's like today is the day. Let's bring your A game. Let's go for it. Put your heart and soul on the line. Lean into your fears. Quiet the doubting internal voices, the negative thoughts, the negative emotions, and go for it. And poof, even if you quote unquote fail, you fail to achieve some arbitrary goal that you set in your mind or that society said uh, is a great accomplishment. No, no, no. Let's uh, reframe that immediately and realize that merely pushing yourself and challenging yourself to a peak performance is a tremendous success in its own right. Uh, I laugh and I'm teasing a little, but I want everyone to have this takeaway point uh, talking to the, the ultra marathon crowd. Um, Western States is the big race uh, on the West Coast and uh, ended in my former hometown of Auburn. And, you know, it's 100 miles from uh, the Lake Tahoe area across the entire slope of the Western Sierra Nevada mountain range, finishing in the foothills uh, on the running track with all the cheering crowd and the announcer saying your name. And boy, isn't that a great feeling to run a hundred miles. Uh, but not everyone finishes. In fact, on a hot, uh, hot weather year, uh, the attrition rate is tremendous. I mean, you know, uh, even the, the best trained people are going to have something go wrong where they can't get to the hundred mile finish line. And you'll talk to these dropout people and they'll say, yeah, yeah, I had to drop out. I dropped out at mile 84. My, uh, my ankle was so swollen that I couldn't put my shoe back on. And I'm like, wow, congratulations. That's outstanding. And they look at me with, uh, a strange look on their face. Like, what are you talking about? I dropped out. I'm like, you ran 84 miles in a single day. That's amazing. And it's like, wow, I never thought about it that way. Right. Cause you didn't get to the finish line. You think it's a failure. You think all's lost. And all you're thinking about is I got to come back next year and do it again. Well, guess what? If there never is a next year and you, you bomb out on your resume, it says furthest distance I ever ran 84 miles. Miles, that's pretty freaking fantastic. So let's be sure to recalibrate that mentality to know that pushing your limit is is the true victory. Um, here's a great quote from the uh, one of the forefathers of the paleo movement, Dr. Art Devaney, author of The New Evolution Diet. And I love some of his content. He's not around much because he's uh, in his older years, but still living a healthy lifestyle and has left us with some epic quotes. Uh, here's one quote. Modern life leaves our minds restless and underutilized because we are confined, inactive, and comfortable. 
We cannot be satisfied with more and more because we are evolved for another life way in which material goods do not matter. The result is that we're deeply unsatisfied with modern life and we don't know why. And I think uh, a way to escape this ennui, did I pronounce that right? Thank you. Uh, The way to escape this uh, trap of modern life getting ever more comfortable, ever more luxurious, convenient, is to go out there and um, tackle a daunting athletic physical challenge. Uh, That's what the Liver King Instagram sensation is all about. He's in your face. draping giant chains over his neck or dragging his kettlebells and his weighted sled on his epic world-famous barbarian workout, uh, dragging all this weight one mile uh, in pure human suffering. Everyone who works for the company Ancestral Supplements has to attempt this crazy workout, but you get such a a sense of personal satisfaction of of just uh, towing the line and trying something. And I have tried to live like this my whole life. Of course, when I was a professional competitor, there was plenty of opportunities uh, to tow the line. That wasn't a weak or a void area in life. But as um, we grow old and uh, life gets busy, try to find a way to schedule something or many things over the course of a year that really stand out as peak performance efforts. Um, I mentioned my friend John Staley uh, many times. He's the uh, the trekking uh, superstar, and he uh, goaded me to participate in this amazing Cactus to Clouds hike in Palm Springs. So that was one of my highlights of the year 2021. Uh, this is rated as the single most difficult hiking trail in the United States because in the first nine and a half miles, you ascend 8,400 feet. That's right, 8,400 feet in nine and a half miles. And for perspective, that is like walking up a steep staircase nonstop unbroken for that long. He also does crazy stuff like the rim-to-rim-to-rim crossing of the Grand Canyon. That's 48 miles with 11,000 feet of elevation gain and all kinds of other fun stuff. But, But the cool part is, is you put this destination event on your calendar and you start practicing for it. And every day, every hike that you do, um, has additional richness and meaning because it's pointing toward these wonderful athletic goals. And that kind of brings this whole show full circle is to say, look, um, the importance of pursuing peak performance with passion throughout life cannot be understated. It's the essence of living a, a rich, meaningful, healthy, active life. Um, I also reference from 2021, uh, the day that uh, we gathered and uh, performed the epic, uh, the signature CrossFit workout called the Murph. And this was on the occasion of my friend Dave Coburn's 60th birthday. Uh, so he's in shape all the time, like few other 60-year-olds on the planet. His athletic pedigree, as you can hear about in our podcast episode from a few years ago, he's the only human in history to play, to be a player on the number one ranked NCAA college basketball team back at UCLA in the 80s. And then the very next year, while he was still a student at UCLA, complete the Hawaii Ironman triathlon. I don't know if that double will ever, ever be matched because, oh my gosh, look at the ball players now on the number one team. These guys are, you know, at an incredibly high level. And who the heck is going to walk out of the gym and start training for the Ironman besides Dave Coburn back in 80, 81, 82, 83 timeframe. And so he's brought that athletic legacy uh, throughout all the decades of his life, as have his father, all his brothers, his sister, an incredibly athletic family. And so instead of just having a birthday party and eating a bunch of food and telling stories about 
old athletic exploits like playing for the number one ranked NCAA basketball team and then doing the Hawaii Ironman the following year. No, 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 no. We were busy. So we had this Murph challenge set up. Uh, I was uh, uh, inspired to go on a crash training course to try to get my uh, body weight exercise game up. And so I indeed participated and barely completed one of the most difficult single workouts. Oh my gosh, it was certainly a torture session, but the protocol was to run one mile. Then in the gym, complete 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats, and then run the final mile to the finish of the Murph workout. And you did these in miniature sets. So you did five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 20 squats, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 20 squats over and over and over uh, for the appropriate number of times. And it's just nonstop action. I think my nonstop action was 48 minutes. Dave was more like 38 minutes. Uh, so what a way to celebrate the 60th birthday. And then we can sit around and tell stories and um, I- enjoy the uh, the, the richness of celebration in life, including uh, whatever things you like to indulge in, but to have that framed with athletic challenge, fantastic. And that brings us to uh, the, the final of the 14 tips, <laughs> uh, strategies to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life, and that is introduce cold exposure. And I put this in here because it's such a uh, convenient and quick proxy to access this uh, alternative pathway of uh, struggling and suffering and bringing richness and meaning to life accordingly, right? Of course, any high-intensity workout will do the same thing or any challenge like an extreme hike, but it's so close. All you have to do is grab the handle in the morning and turn that water over to cold, and you will get an instant uh, sensation of the uh, appropriate fight-or-flight response, the hormetic stressor of cold water. And you're going to work through that and become more resilient as a human for bringing things that are uncomfortable into your daily experience. Uh, It all has all kinds of hormonal benefits. I did an entire show on the variety of hormonal, neurotransmitter, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, immune-boosting benefits, focusing cognitive performance benefits of uh, appropriate uh, cold thermogenesis, that's an appropriately brief exposure to cold water. And oh my gosh, when you start to make this a daily habit, it's a way to keep yourself sharp. It's a way to become more resilient against all other forms of stress and distraction in daily life because I find when I'm jumping into my cold freezer that I have to breathe through it. I have to sort of get into that meditative state where I'm just controlling my breath and totally focused on the experience rather than shrieking and jumping out and saying, oh my gosh, it's like, here I go. I'm going to put my body into uh, this difficulty and it's going to be okay and I'm going to work through it and then get out before any harm is done. So that's the point here is not to uh, suffer and be an idiot. I think a lot of people misinterpret my enthusiasm for cold exposure that I like to, uh, you know, uh, get dangerously hypothermic uh, for hobby. And that's not it at all. It's something that you can tolerate. And if you have to start slow, that's fine. Just turn that handle to 30 seconds of cold, breathe through it. That's a really important tip, especially in the shower your first time. And then you'll notice that you get uh, more and more resilient over time. So, boy, what a great way to uh, reawaken these adaptive mechanisms in the body that we've nullified, especially when we live in temperature-controlled environments almost all the time. 
oh my gosh, the stats are kind of troubling. There's a 2001 survey from uh, the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Hey, my aunt used to work there. Uh, it was called the USA National Human Activity Pattern Survey, revealing that Americans spend around 87% of time indoors and six more percent of time in an enclosed vehicle for an astounding 93% of time away from any sort of weather elements whatsoever. And that indeed has uh, uh, negative repercussions to things like our immune response, our inflammatory response, our cellular repair, all these things. Cold therapy has also been shown to have a nice boost, uh, be a nice catalyst for fat metabolism. So a great way to uh, accelerate your efforts and the benefits of uh, trying to lose excess body fat. So uh, that goes on the list. And let's recap all 14 from the two shows. Number one is to cultivate that primal mindset. Number two is develop a healthy competitive intensity. Number three is to support a longevity with your goals, answer to your 80-year-old self. Number four is to set these long-term, big-picture, intrinsic goals. Uh, John Asaraf wanting to teach his grandchildren how to ski. Peter Atia wanting to do the Centenarian Olympics. Number five is to integrate the short-term, extrinsic, external goals like looking good naked, uh, achieving uh, high rankings or uh, accolades of any kind and blending those with the uh, the deeper uh, goals of more lifestyle significance. Number six is to make sure that you set age and lifestyle appropriate goals and perhaps rethinking the cultural fascination with the extreme goals that might not line up too well uh, with your average uh, daily life responsibilities. Okay. Um, number seven is to track your progress. So journaling is a great idea. In fact, I've uh, journaled my workouts uh, for four decades or so, uh, starting when I was a runner in high school and we'd write down how many miles we ran each day and keep these wonderful training logs that served as both a source of motivation and also a way to track progress or to reveal um, shortcomings or errors, you know, all of a sudden you wake up with a cold, you wonder, gee, that's too bad, wonder what happened. And you look back over the previous two weeks and you can see these overtraining patterns taking hold. And then maybe, hopefully, next time you'll take corrective action better. Uh, so that was number, um, number seven, tracking your progress. Number eight is fly under the radar, uh, back off a little bit, err on the conservative side, realize that your aerobic conditioning can happen with minimal time dedication. Same with your improvements in strength with the body by science, big five workout. And same with sprinting where a little goes a long way. Um, number nine is to perform these high intensity workouts correctly. And I describe the high intensity repeat training protocol, doing four to 10 reps, of sprints lasting 10 to 20 seconds with a six to one rest to work ratio. And hand in hand with that is number 10, avoid the overly stressful hit modality, which is so common and seems to be the centerpiece of most mainstream fitness programming, both group programming and home-based workouts that last a little too long and ask for a little too much high intensity output with not enough rest, performing the sessions too frequently and digging yourself a hole. 
Um, also related, number 11 is don't get sore. So uh, make sure that you make the proper adjustments and the workload is such that a soreness is an infrequent experience rather than a centerpiece or a recurring aspect of your uh, exercise program. Uh, number 12 is to reframe this notion of consistency. So we want to have consistency in certain areas that are uh, easily sustainable, such as uh, a morning exercise routine or a baseline of general active lifestyle and over the big picture framework uh, that you're putting your body under resistance load on a regular basis, that you're sprinting once in a while, uh, but making sure that you don't tip the balance over into uh, trying to adhere to a robotic workout schedule. And number 13, push the limits occasionally. That's right. Open up the throttle, uh, set an extreme goal, put it on the calendar, train for it. Cactus to clouds, baby. It was super fun. The Murph workout. And those high points that you can look back and say that was a, a highlight uh, experience of the year, but also right hand in hand with that was the preparation and the value and the richness of having these extreme peak performance endeavors and training for them on a day after day basis and having your life framed around something uh, of that meaning. Struggle gives meaning and richness to life, said Roger Bannister. And then finally, introduce some cold exposure. Get started gradually if you want in the shower and who knows? Maybe someday you will become an extreme enthusiast and pop for that chest freezer, which I'm so fond of in my backyard, or heading out to Lake Tahoe and jumping in that water year round. So summer fun. Hey, you know what? I can swim for 10, 15 minutes before I get cold in the heat of summer. But when it comes to winter, uh, Big George and I are going in there for a maybe two and a half minute bout. And believe me, that is plenty when the water's 42 and the air temperature is lower than that. So an appropriate amount of cold exposure could be a nice way to inject um, some challenge, uh, ready-made challenge to keep you sharp and focused and resilient. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully sharing. Send a note to podcast at bradventures.com. I'd love to know what kind of challenges you've set for yourself and achieved, uh, what was the buildup like, the training patterns, and all kinds of other feedback. We sincerely appreciate it. We also appreciate you spreading the word about the show, leaving a review. If you're so inclined, we would absolutely love that. And hey, go leave a review, uh, send a screenshot or paste the content of it. Say, hey, I, yeah, thanks a lot. I just left a review and we will enter you in a drawing for a free jar of Brad's Academia masterpiece. How's that for a deal? Thank you so much. Da, da, da. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you a true story about the super awesome Paleo Valley Superfood Bars. And I can't believe I'm promoting an energy bar because I literally took a 17-year break or so from eating a single bar. That's because I've eaten plenty in my day. Back when I was a triathlete, I was sponsored by the original big-name bar makers, and I used them for so many years on long bike rides and then leaking into my life as a daily habit. But guess what? Most energy bars, even today, as we evolve and have better product selection in, in so many ways, most energy bars contain as much sugar as a candy bar, and even the high-protein bars have lots of sugar and usually an inferior quality protein. Paleo Valley bars, on the other hand, are free from added sugar or processed sugar and have an assortment of bonus ingredients like grass-fed beef bone broth protein for your collagen needs, a blend of nutritious plant-based ingredients like pumpkin seed, kale, broccoli, spinach, blueberries, spirulina, cherry, turmeric, ginger, Himalayan pink salt, and very importantly, the product is cold-processed. 
It's hard to use the word superfood unless it's deserved, and it really is deserved with this product. I get a distinct sensation of feeling satisfied and nourished after eating a Paleo Valley bar, and it lasts for hours. And let me tell you, these bars are the real deal. They've been rigorously taste-tested by Brad Kearns himself on my epic 22-mile Cactus to Clouds hike back in October, where I ate five bars in a single day while hiking the single most difficult hiking trail in the United States in Palm Springs. Paleo Valley superfood bars actually taste great all day long because they're not overly sweet and they're filled with those healthful ingredients that give you true satisfaction. Hey, go try some out. What do you have to lose? Paleovalley.com. Take that 15% discount with the code BRAD15. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkearns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad.